being open to whatever comes your way. And if you're thinking about doing something and want to try it, just do it. Like what's the worst that could happen? You fail and then you just pick up and do something else. If you're scared, just do it anyway. Because what is on the other side of that fear is something that we could have never even envisioned for ourselves. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome to the Kathy Heller podcast. This show is meant to be a guide for you. I want to be that mentor who can hold your hand through this journey. I know that there are so many twists and turns in navigating not only what is happening in our mind, but also understanding strategically how we want to get from where we are to where we want to go. In the show, we're going to talk not only about how we can start to become aware of what are the subconscious things that are holding us back and how we can instead choose thoughts that are actually going to propel us forward. But in addition to changing the landscape internally, we are going to talk about the strategies that actually will help you to build a profitable business, getting paid to be you. Because when you have a business where you do what you love, you never really have to have that sense of work because it's a pleasure, because it's joy. And really, I want you to have the most abundant life. I want you to have the kind of life that you love waking up to every day that you don't feel like you need a vacation from. So together on the show, every single episode, I wanna be your friend, I wanna be your mentor, I wanna show you what is it that I think has really been insightful, been helpful? What are the tools and strategies? What are the mindset shifts that have helped me? And what are the things that have helped my guests to get to where they are? How can we together sort of cross this river to the most fulfilling life where we show up and we feel like we are living into our potential and having the most gorgeous, beautiful experience? Because after all, that is what we all desire. We're all craving to have the most joyful, beautiful life. And I really believe that we can design that and that we can experience a life that we just absolutely love. And not only will we enjoy it, but it will be a possibility for other people that will show other people what's there for them. And then maybe together, each one of us, by being the happiest versions of ourselves and being the most fulfilled versions of ourselves, we will help other people to reach for that higher branch and to find that in their own life. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the Kathy Heller Podcast. Today is an awesome episode. Before we dive in, I just want to let you know that you can get a Nordstrom gift card if you just give me some feedback on what it is that you are feeling, what it is that you are excited about, because we want to hear from you. And so we're going to put you in a raffle to win a Nordstrom gift card. All you have to do is go to kathyheller.com slash share, because I want to know what is it that you need? What are your goals for this year? How can I help create the right content and the right workshops to get you where you want to be? Go to kathyheller.com slash share and fill that out. Also, if you want to be with me this year, if you want me as your coach, one of my most favorite things I've ever created is Abundant Ever After. The program is available. If you would like to learn more about it, you can go to kathyheller.com slash join. And that program has just been phenomenal. We've helped so, so many people to clarify what it is that they're going to do for a business. We've helped so many people to just really step into a life of abundance. There's so much in that program that not only gives you the steps, but it also gives gives you the way to change your mindset, which really is what changes everything. And it gives you accountability. And so when you have the right steps and you have accountability and you have the different frame of mind, just everything starts to change. If you want to look into that, you can go to kathyheller.com slash join. We would love to have you. We are so excited about it. All right. Well, today we have a great episode. Kezia Felak and Katie Broches are here. They are the founders of Worth Women. It's a beautiful community where women of all backgrounds come together and they discover their passion and they create side hustles or full-time businesses. What's extra exciting is that they have a conference coming up called the Women Worth Conference. It is in March in Augusta, South Carolina. So if that sounds like fun for you, you can check that out. What I love about Katie and Kezia is that they've both been running their own small businesses. Kezia started with Wedding Stationery and Katie started her King Interior Design side hustle while she was a teacher. And now she's getting to do interior design full time. So it's really neat to see how people can start businesses based on their passions and they can grow into such phenomenal things. Lots of good nuggets in this episode. So you might want to take some notes. Without further ado, please welcome the awesome Katie Brocious and Kezia Felak. I am so thrilled that we get to have this conversation. We've connected over DMs and had a, a beautiful sort of like soul to soul, really seeing each other and knowing that we're cut from a similar cloth. And it's so beautiful to see beautiful women who also are fully in resonance. And I love that the two of you 
are doing the work in the world that you're doing, because I think that's exactly the music everyone wants to make. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the community you built together. But before we do that, I thought it would be so cool since you're both separately also coming off of journeys where you've been entrepreneurs in your own right and you've done really creative things. I think that the women listening and everybody who's listening right now would just find that really inspirational. So which one of you wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So tell us a little bit about how you started your own business. And sort of like the the gems that you acquired along the way where you learn, oh, here's how I turned this creative passion of mine into something that I could really scale and monetize. Yeah. So um, my name is Katie Brocious, and I started my interior design studio, King Interior Designs, four years ago. I was a fourth grade teacher at the time. So I was teaching reading and social studies, which was such a passion of mine. I was early childhood. So that was another passion of mine. And teaching really made me feel so fulfilled. You know, we all know teachers make the big bucks. I mean, I was making some money, <laughs> but I wanted to, I wanted to make a little bit of more, a little bit more money on the side. So I started King Interior Designs and it was a passion of mine. So I really, in my mind, I was like, this isn't going to go anywhere. This is really just going to be something small. I'll make some extra money. Christmas was coming up and, you know, I'll do my thing. I'll promote myself. And Quickly, it turned into something that I never envisioned for myself or thought that I could obtain myself. So yes, that was something huge for me. And I taught through the pandemic. And that was probably one of the hardest things that I did because I realized very quickly that my time and my personal time was no longer mine. I owed myself to the school that I was working for, the parents I was working for you know, working for the students I was working for. So I no longer had my personal time. And that's when I realized that I was not their priority. My mental health was not their priority. And so I realized that I was no longer feeling fulfilled. So it was a year after the pandemic that I was, I changed my mindset. I was like, I'm going full-time with King Interior Designs. And that's when the whole game changed for me. And once I knew I was leaving teaching, It was get my finances in line, get, you know, my marketing, my branding, make sure my social media is on top of it because I'm going to do this. So two years ago, I left teaching and I haven't looked back. So I just knew that God placed this passion on my heart. And obviously there's some things in the background. You know, I went through a divorce. I got married again. And so there were so many things happening behind the scenes that I knew God was placing this business in my life because he knew that was going to be my future. So I'm just so thankful that he put that desire on my heart. And, you know, no, I didn't go to school for it, but I knew it was something that I knew I was good at. And I was going to fight like hell to live a fulfilled life. Oh my gosh. It is really so exhilarating because (laughs) you both are people who are so radiant and there's so much integrity. And I didn't even know that you had been a teacher, but like, there it is. And so to hear the story of a really good person winning, and when I say winning, I mean this feeling of bliss and magnetic radiance that's on your face is indisputable and that's winning. And there are some people who would probably say until they're, you know, in their 55th year of teaching, like this was for me, my mission, and I'm in love with my life. And that is not, we're not taking anything away from that person. And at the same time, when somebody goes and tells the story you just told, we're rooting for you because so many people do see themselves in that moment of their life where they're like, I know there's something else inside of me, but I didn't go to school for it, but this, but that, but now I'm single, but now I'm overcoming whatever financial stuff. And then you just like go all in and you're like, I haven't looked back. And we're going to talk about what the two of you have, have now done together, both having your own separate business, but then creating a community for other women to thrive. But let's hear your story. Tell them a little bit about because your your business, you guys, wait till you hear what she does. You're going to just love it. Tell us your name. Tell us a little bit about how you started your your story. Yes. So my name is Kezia Felak and I own Beck Designs. So I specialize in custom 
fine art wedding stationery and small business branding. So a little background about me. So my mom actually had a small bookkeeping business growing up and I watched her, you know, in and out every day doing this business. And I was like, there is no way that I would ever own my own business because I don't have what it takes to do that. And I would see other business owners and I'm like, wow, that life looks so, you know, shiny and wonderful, but like, I don't have what it takes to do that. Like I'm a follower and that's what I'm going to do the rest of my whole life. And I'm just going to be comfortable and I'll just, you know, do whatever I need to do to make that happen. So fast forward, I went through college. I was working at an agency here in Augusta um, that specialized in DD services. So developmental disability services. I was with this business for five years. And so I'd started Beck Designs because my friends, I had a background in graphic design and they were like, hey, I need baby shower invitations, you know, whatnot. And they're like, can you just design this for me really quick? And I was like, okay, whatever. And so I would design them and they, they were like, you should make a business out of that. And the little girl in me was like, no, you shouldn't because you don't have what it takes to do that. You can't run a business. You can't grow a business. Like, who do you think you are? And so as time went on, I was like, well, you know, I kind of want to make a little extra money on the side. And so I started doing it and it grew. And then I added branding and it got to the point in the business that I was working for. The purpose and passion were no longer there inside of that business. It was about making money and no longer about what it was started on. And I was thinking, and this was about January, 2020. So I think we all know what happens in 2020, but January, 2020, I was like, God, I was like, my business is growing. Like you're making things happen for me. I was like, if I'm supposed to quit my job, if I make this much in February, then I know it's a sign. I know it's a sign. So February comes around, comes and goes. I did not make what I basically placed in God's lap and was like, I'll make this and I'll, you know, I'll leave my job. I didn't make it. Well, March comes around and I just had this feeling of this voice that said, if you get to your deathbed and you look back, are you going to wish that you had just gone for it and just seen what had happened and how your life could have changed and the purpose you could have brought to other people's lives? Are you going to be happy that you stayed comfortable and stayed in this job that you're not comfortable in? And so I left, I left June of 2020, like smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. And I was terrified. I drank a lot of wine and now here we are. What is this? Almost three years later, I've been full-time and then we started work in the middle of that. Mm -hmm. So it's been crazy to look back and realize that like, I almost talked myself out of God's purpose for my life Mm -hmm. just because of that inner little girl that was like, you don't have what it takes. And clearly I do have what it takes. It's so great. And there is no other conversation to be having because you're absolutely right. We were put here because we came here with an assignment Mm -hmm. and we keep ourselves from this feeling of freedom because we somehow talk ourselves out of the truth that will not let us go. Mm -hmm. And both of you had the courage to step forward and go all in. And you also did something super smart. You both talked about it where you started to do it while you had the job Mm -hmm. and you started to see momentum. And then you said, well, hang on a second. If there's already some momentum here, if I gave more of myself or all of myself to this, what could actually happen? And not only did it bloom, but then you had the next creative idea because that's what happens, right? Once you allow that pilot light to go on, God just gives you the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And it just, it doesn't stop the ways in which you can create expansion for yourself and for and to bless other people's lives. You then created this community together and you've now helped other women to step forward into their purpose, which is so beautiful. And it's working because you both are so grounded because it's so truly in integrity. You're using your gifts and you're serving clients well, and you're making beautiful amounts of money from an honest exchange of being invested in an experience for the client and making something that is from the deepest part of your soul and your whisper. It's like, it's just so beautiful. So you now teach people a lot of these pieces. So now that we've heard the story, the origin story, let's have you both share a few of the clues that success has left behind 
of how you did that. How did you make the first sale and the first $10,000? How do you turn the passion into the business? Yeah, I think probably two of the biggest things for me is one, not putting yourself in a box. So I have a background in marketing as well. And so the steady change of, you know, the marketing and the world that we live in, people, I feel like want to put themselves in a box on what they can do or what their business is going to look like or what their life is going to look like. And it's just allowing yourself a free open field to whatever comes your way, like whatever person you're going to meet, whatever like podcast you're going to listen to, book you're going to read, it's going to change your mind and your perception and give you another idea. So I think just being open to change and being open to things might be different in the next year. Things might be different the next month. And it's not putting yourself in a box and be like, okay, this is what I'm doing forever. And this is how I'm going to do it. And that's it. And I'm just going to, whatever. So being open to change and just whatever comes to your life. And then also just a kind of a piece of that is also just being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. Because the most amazing things that have happened in my life have come out of being uncomfortable. And I know that's so cliche. I feel like to hear it's just like, Oh, just get comfortable, you know, being uncomfortable, but it's truly just like not thinking about it. And Mel Robbins, I think is the one that talks about the the three, two, one, and just do it. Yeah. When I heard her on Jenna Kutcher's podcast, I was just like, it's like a light went off in my head. And I was like, oh my gosh, like if you're scared of something, just three, two, one, and just do it. And then you'll get comfortable doing it. It's like riding a bike. So I think those two things for me have been just super detrimental in my business. I mean, especially with like the wedding industry, like COVID affected a lot of that. So being open to new opportunities. And this year I started doing Etsy and it's taken off tremendously. And I'm just like, I would have never even thought about doing Etsy, but just being open to whatever comes your way. And if you're thinking about doing something and want to try it, just do it. Like, What's the worst that could happen? You fail and then you just pick up and do something else. Yeah. I mean, it's so good. And we're going to talk more about like branding and social media content, which will feel really concrete. And everybody's ego loves having like something concrete. But the yeah. spiritual work is always doing 98% of the heavy lifting. And what you just said is really so powerful because if we could lean in to the things that make us uncomfortable our entire lives would change. So Katie, what comes to your mind when you think about turning your passion into a business? I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what Kezia said. And I feel like we've really clung to do it anyway. You're scared, do it anyway. You're uncomfortable, do it anyway. And I once heard that the things that we stress about the most are the things that we trust God with the least which is right. So crazy. The things that we stress about, and I mean, we stress about finances, taxes, branding, everything, you know, being received well by the community, being received well by potential clients. Like there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes and in these little minds of ours as an entrepreneur. So if you're scared, just do it anyway, because what is on the other side of that fear is something that we could have never even envisioned for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I feel like is so important is just show up authentically, just be yourself because the people who do not want to purchase from you or don't want to be your clients are not your people in the first place. Mm -hmm. You need to decide who your audience is and you need to hone in and target that audience because those are the clients that you want to work with. So, you know, if you're trying to think of who your potential clients are going to be, break it down. What do they look like? Are they male or female? What do they do for a living? What do they do during their free time? You know, those are the things that you want to focus on because your clients are real people and they are going to believe in you and they're going to work with you because you are a real person too. And if you're relatable and you know, you show up as your authentic self, then it's an invitation to come work with me. And I have to be very authentic and very transparent, I guess, with my clients because I work with budgets all the time. And money is always such an uncomfortable conversation, but you've got to have it in order to understand your clients and to serve your clients better. I think client experience is what people want. So of course, they're going to purchase your service, but if they know you're going to offer an unforgettable experience, people will pay more for it. Yes, that's so true. Oh my gosh, there's so many cool things to unpack here. Let's just keep going. Do so it. one of the things that everybody wants to do 
is build an audience. Everybody knows that. And by the way, that's a good instinct because I've started saying that audience is currency, right? If you have an audience, that's everything. Because from a place where there are people who know you and like you and engage with you and trust you, they'll buy your book. They'll come to your event. They will want to be a part of your retreat or your course or listen to your podcast. I mean, like having an audience is everything and people don't always know how to do that and do it well. Mm-hmm. And so we hear a lot of things about algorithms and hashtags and it feels really overwhelming sometimes, like what actually moves the needle. Let's talk a little bit about creating that first entry point with a community, which could be through social media. You're both doing that in a really beautiful way where there's a lot of engagement and that's how you know it's working because you can see accounts. I saw an account earlier today that had over 100,000 followers, which now is not that big of a deal. And then I saw that she had like six likes on a post and 14. And I was like, oh, there's no engagement here. And so that's actually concerning. Like, why is there such a big delta? That's not necessarily the case with what you guys are doing. So let's talk about what you feel is working in audience building and social media specifically. So like I said, showing up authentically, I think, especially after the pandemic, people crave connection and people crave relationships even if it's behind a computer screen or a phone screen. So when somebody engages with you, you as that business owner have the opportunity to not just gain a client, but to build a relationship with someone who could potentially be invested in your business. And I'm not saying that every person that's going to engage on your social media is going to be a client of yours, but you have that opportunity to nurture that relationship. I used to be so protective about, you know, when I would post something, they'd be like, well, where's that rug from? Where's the sofa from? What's the name of that pillow fabric? And I would be like, oh, they're going to steal my design. But the people who are engaging with you, they're not probably not going to be a customer of yours. They just believe in what you do. They believe in who you are and they just enjoy following along. So it, you just need to share that mutual respect. And if somebody, you know, responds to you on social media, engage back with them, answer their questions, help them feel like they've got a connection with not just your brand, but you as the business owner. And I think just showing up, like I said earlier, authentically, you know, people love to see on my stories, the life behind an interior designer. I thought that at first they just wanted the glamour, the final product, you know, the after photos, but no, people like the dirtiness behind owning a business, the things that go behind running a business and prepping for an install and things like that. So they love to see the behind the scenes too, because it makes you more relatable that not everything is, you know, sparkles and glamour and that there is hard work and things that go on behind the scenes. And people crave that because they just want that connection to whoever is behind that social media handle. I love that you're saying that as you're saying it, I'm like, oh yeah, it's so juicy. It's so true. And you said before that people really want relationships and connection, especially in the pandemic, but all the time there's like a feeling of loneliness. And I want to also just comment and echo what you said about not being stingy with sharing information. And I think that there's a misnomer that if you share where you got the couch, where you got this, if if you, if you share everything, you know, no matter what field you're in, there's this fear that then people won't hire you. And what you said, as you answered the last question, you said, but if people are going to have an amazing experience, they'll pay more for that. And so what I like to say is information should be free because it is, it's everywhere, right? Like information is not what people are paying for anyway. They're paying for the transformation. Right. So if you were to show someone the whole look and where you got everything, some of those people will be really satisfied with that. And the people who are meant to be your client anyway are going to say, but I want the experience of working with a designer. Because if it was so that the information alone would do the heavy lifting, then why is it that we all have at least two or three cookbooks in our house 
and we're not Julia Childs. It's yeah. because the information is the beginning of the story. The end of the story is really right. like having an experience of embodying everything that goes into the unfolding of the recipe. Mm-hmm. And so I say really hear what Katie just said and give away information and have people pay for a transformation. And um, I kind of want to add to that because there are two different types of people on social media. There are your loyal followers who could never afford your product or your services, mm-hmm. but will be there to support you no matter what. And then you have those followers who are looking for a service and are going to decide if they are, if, you know, if you are meant for them, the ones who purchase your service are going to be there for a season of your social media and your following those loyal followers. Don't forget about them because they are going to be with you until the very end. And they're going to support you. They're going to like, they're going to share. They are going to promote you unlike anybody else. And they're just as important. It's so true. And I love that you're saying that because we forget, like we forget how important it is to have a group of people who believe and support us. And not every person has to be, your revenue generator. Like mm-hmm. there's so much value to a community. And that's why I spend the majority of time in my business on free content, which is my podcast, which is a minimum of twice a week and it's free. Right. And I, I hold it in high regard. Like I want it to be not just good, but incredible because mm-hmm. I want people to have as much of a transformation from that free content as they would anything that they could possibly get their hands on that's out there that's free. Kezia, I want you to answer that as well about social media and what's something that you've learned that people can apply. So kind of two things. So one, just from a branding and marketing standpoint, consistency is key as far as your aesthetic goes. So if you have figured out like your branding colors, you know, the fonts, the kind of fonts you use, your colors, what kind of pictures you're taking, if you're doing like a darker feel or if you're doing a lighter feel. And also like, so me and Katie have the preview app. So we like, we plan out our feeds so we know in advance what it's already going to look like. And hey, I mean, we've done it plenty of times. Like, hey, that post really doesn't, you know, fit the color wheel or that font's a little weird. Like let's, you know, switch it out or whatever. Because what happens whenever you have a consistent feed is you're building that brand trust within the people that are following you so that they can always know what to expect when you show up on social media. So it really comes down to as simple as, you know, if you haven't already figured out like a branding color palette and the kind of fonts you use, and then the color, I guess, scheme of your pictures. So that's one. And then the second one is kind of piggybacking off what Katie said about, you know, showing up as your true authentic self. But I feel like the world we live in, as much as it's preach, you know, like just be yourself and, you know, show who you really are. Like you still kind of get smothered a little bit. Like, okay, well, don't wear that or don't say that because you're a business owner or, you know, don't do that. What I don't wear that, whatever it is. And I got picked on a lot growing up because I was considered like the weird kid. I mean, I'm now embracing it. Katie knows very well. Like I'm just like the weird one that will just, you know, what you see is what you get. And I feel like truly showing up as yourself, no matter what the world tells you to show up as. I mean, I get the most engagement on stories when I'm just my true weird self and people are like, oh my gosh, like that's so funny. Or, you know, I, I can't believe like you posted that, but it's so funny. And I'm like, this is me. Like you see what you get. And so I feel like when you're like, you're building that brand, that credibility, and like, you want people to follow you along and like, and like join them into your story and your experience. Like when I show up to work with you with stationery, this is what you're going to get. And like branding. And then like, when the girls come to our worth meetings every month, like they're just like, Kezia is Kezia and we, we love it or you love it or you hate it. So just show up as your true authentic self and then look at your feed on Instagram or TikTok, whatever it is that you're working on and just have, have some consistency, build that trust. I love that. I love both aspects of that, both being yourself, but also the fun, creative elements of creating something that feels consistent in terms of like style, because I think there's a part of us that feels it's one or the other, either I'm authentic mm-hmm. or I'm selling out. And I think that's not, that's not fair because we all have consciousness. We have a soul, right? We have our heart, who we really are. And then we also have this very ego 
aspect of us, right? We're like, you want to walk into a restaurant and you want the tables to be clean and you want there to be a certain vibe. And when you walk into anthropology, you like that there's those volcano smelling candles on. Like, why would it serve you if anthropology was like, we're just authentic. So we just take racks and take the same clothing and take the same beautiful pieces of furniture. We just throw them into a warehouse and you'll either get it or you won't. It's like, wait, but why? Why can't you meet me both? I have a physical aspect to me. I have a material self and I have this part of me that's like beyond this body, right? But I want both. Give me both. And so it's like, why can't you take five seconds and just decide you're going to, and by the way, life is in pencil, right? And it has an eraser. It's like, but for the next few months, you're going to try to do, you're just going to try to do like a pastel palette, like, or you want to make it even easier. There's all those little, the native filters on Instagram, right? It's like the Ludwig and the Juno. It's like, yes. maybe you just, maybe you just decide you're going to choose one of those. And every picture, even if it doesn't have the same color, you're just going to at least try to use one filter. So it looks a little bit consistent because you're helping yourself. It's like, if you were to go on a job interview or a date you were really excited for, as much as you want to be yourself, because that's what's going to do the heavy lifting, you'd also want to like make your hair the the most beautiful, what makes you feel the most beautiful. You want to put on your best clothes. You don't just walk in and sweat and be like, you deal with it. This is my authentic self. Like yeah. you want both. And so I think that that's important. Um, and I'm glad you went there because the next thing I was going to ask you about is branding. And so when it comes to people listening right now and being able to even begin to figure out their branding, and you said like fonts, colors, like words, what might be an exercise or what might be a tool that would help us to iterate and pull out our first attempt or our next attempt at a branding that feels on point? So I feel like the best exercise that you could do with that is create a Pinterest board and just, just pin, like whatever catches your eye or makes you feel a certain way, pin it. And I would do this for a couple of weeks, you know, however long it you, it takes for you to feel comfortable. Like, okay, I got enough. I've got, you know, X amount of pins or whatever. Go through those pins and start to look for trends or repeat fonts or colors or style and then pick that out and like make another Pinterest board where you've kind of just compiling all of your most um, consistent colors. Yeah. God bless. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yes. Into one Pinterest board. So you start to see like what your true brand style is. And then once you've figured that out, then you can start building out like what you want it to look like. If you want to have, you know, like what your submark is going to be, because when I design branding content, it's a primary logo, it's the Nike and the switch. And then you've got a secondary logo. So if like your first logo is a horizontal layout, then you can do your secondary logo in, in a more like circle or more, you know, smaller compact design. So we could fit like on a t-shirt or a shirt or a smaller area where your horizontal won't fit. Mm-hmm. And then your submark is going to be that Nike swish. So if you can think of one brand off the top of your head, you're remembering that brand because of one certain tiny image that they use in their branding. So like the Walmart has the little sunshine the Nike swoosh. So then just having a submark. So I think to answer that question in a long way, so a Pinterest exercise. And if you don't have Pinterest, then, you know, scroll on Instagram and just screenshot pictures, colors, other designs um, of brands that you really like, compile them and kind of narrow it down to what suits you, your business and your personality style. Yeah. And I want everybody to hear this because I think especially for women who have heaps of integrity, you deserve to make this easier on yourself. Like meet people where they can find you because there's something simple that they remember. That's you. You know what I mean? And because think about all of the accounts that are on social media and some of them have this going on, but they don't necessarily have depth and resonance to them. So if you could just give yourself a little bit of this sparkle, Mm -hmm. it might allow people to stay for the real show, which is the the beauty that comes from really what you're serving. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so let's keep going with this whole idea 
of what you really both stand for, which is your worth. And tell us why you created this whole platform around worth. What does it mean to you? And why did you come across that word? Why do you feel that's even part of the conversation and really where the whole conversation begins and ends? What does that mean to you? And what does that mean to discover your worth as an entrepreneur? Yeah. So when we first, both of us went through our entrepreneur journey and we decided we were leaving our jobs and going full-time with owning a business, the one thing we realized was it was the loneliest we had ever felt. Kezi and I were looking forward to our weekly dinner dates because we were so isolated in our own home offices that we were like, we've got to get out of the house. My poor husband would come home for lunch and I'm, and he'd be like, all right, I'm going back to work. And I'm like, please don't leave. Like stay a little bit longer. And he's like, all right, bye. Like, so being an entrepreneur is lonely. That's something you don't think about when you're like, I'm leaving my job. I'm going to live this life that I've always envisioned for myself. And I'm going to have financial freedom. And then you're like, oh, wait, but this is pretty lonely. So we wanted to build a community selfishly so we could surround ourselves with women who are in the same situation we are, because we've learned very quickly that your entrepreneur friends are not always going to, or your real friends. I don't want to say normal friends, but your, your friends that you were <laughs> friends with prior to being an entrepreneur are not always going to be your entrepreneurship friends because the vocabulary is different. The lifestyle is different. Mm-hmm. The struggles can be different. So we wanted to create a community, a safe space for women to come together and share those struggles. And when Kezia, it was Kezia's vision from the beginning. And, you know, I'm so honored that she brought me on board because I didn't see myself as a co-founder of a women's community at the time, because I was struggling with my own problems as owning a business. I had just left teaching. I was, you know, focusing on finances and taxes and everything like that. And when Kezia came to me, I kind of sat a little bit in imposter syndrome and was like, I'm not your girl. Like, I'm not your girl. I don't know if I'm really going to be able to make the impact you want me to. And she told me that if I just show up as myself, And if we bring the proper value and the content to these women, like we're going to make an impact. And, you know, she was like, God had called me to do this. And I feel like I want you on this journey with me. So I will always be, you know, thankful for that. And my only thing that I was like, okay, we're going to do this. I will always be an educator at heart. I was like, I want to teach these women. I want to educate them so that they can bring something away from a networking event to where they're like, okay, I'm going to apply this next week or I'm going to apply this tomorrow. So I was like, I want to bring an educational aspect to where we teach these women how to run their business. I don't want to just mingle and share about the hard stuff. I want to teach them how they're going to take this hard stuff and their struggles and turn it around for good for themselves and for for their business. I think you really just hit a nerve. There is definitely a common language you just spoke around feeling lonely. Mm -hmm. And I noticed it in my life where these friends that I had, who I love, who I had life experiences with, when I started to grow as an entrepreneur there were a lot of places where we just couldn't communicate. And then I found so many incredible friends who were entrepreneurs who helped me expand, who helped me step forward, who helped me rise, who Mm -hmm. helped me find strength that I didn't even know I had. And I think that is the ocean you're crossing is that there are some people who will get caught in holding themselves apart from all that's really across the horizon. Mm -hmm. And there are some women who've decided that's all I'm available for. And when you're around people who have that frequency, it calls you up and you shed this part of you that just keeps playing in limitation. And so it's really important to be around that because then you become a match for that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Otherwise you become a match for the other. And so we are so much stronger as that collective consciousness gets pooled, right? Mm -hmm. Think about what happens at the end of one of your events. Like, whoa, 
It's like yes. a fire gets created because everybody's adding to the flame. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that word specifically, discovering your worth. Because I think innately in what I said in response to what you said, it's really about deeply, really understanding what that means. Because so often the reason people aren't starting a business, it's like, who am I to charge? What if I don't fulfill the client's needs? And there's so much unworthiness in that story. Mm-hmm. Kezia, what do you think about that and why, why you chose that name and what it means to discover your worth as an entrepreneur? So if you could have seen us when we were trying to put a name on what on worth now, we have like both of our phones out. We were looking up like synonyms. Like I, we had like a whole list of different words of like what we were thinking to call worth. And it all just kept coming back to the word worth because as a business owner and an entrepreneur and a woman in today's society, it is just like you said, it is so hard to one, recognize your worth and then recognize your worth in a sea of other women trying to do the same thing. And so when it comes to worth, like we hear it so many times, like, oh, that's so worth it. Or like, you know, worth just comes up so often in language, like in entrepreneurship. And it's not even just about realizing your worth as an entrepreneur, but it's realizing your worth as a person as a woman, as a wife, as a girlfriend, as a fiance, as a friend, mother, aunt, whatever, and whatever it is, because you show up as yourself first. And then as a business owner, second, and like part of our tagline is recognizing your worth, because that's something I feel like a lot of us struggle with our whole life is just, I mean, kind of like what you said too, is like, how much you charge for your services. You know, it all ties back into what you think about yourself and what you think about the value that you're bringing to the table. So, yeah, I feel like that kind of just that sums up. Well good. Said. That She's like, good really job, good, good job. No, but well said, you show up first <laughs> yeah. as yourself. And I would like to add to that, which is for me, when I think about it, what comes up right away is that insofar as I am rising, I'm seeing the worth in my client. It's almost like that is the secret sauce. I really do. I'm so planted in faith and I'm so planted in seeing the world through the lens of God and consciousness and this one infinite source, right? That we're all connected to. Mm -hmm. And so it's like my job is to see the possibility for everyone. Mm-hmm. to see the inherent worthiness in everyone. And people sometimes think that as a business owner, it's about your worth and knowing it. And it is, but it's connected to when you go to sell something, you don't have to be impressive. You don't have to prove yourself. It's what do you have in store for her? What worthiness do you see in her? What story is your product, your service, your event telling her about her worth? Mm -hmm. And so for any business owner, whether you're selling Spanx or you're selling your event or you're selling, you know, that somebody deserves to buy themselves this Cartier necklace. It's like Cartier doesn't have to prove to me what's worthy about them. Mm-hmm. They want to encourage me to step forward into the story I tell myself about mm-hmm. my worth, which is what allows me to buy myself something beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really that infinity loop. And when you're really seeing the world in that way, it's so easy because you know that it's true. You know that everybody is really, truly connected to this infinite stream of of what they really are, the spirit, this endless, this goodness, this consciousness, the soul, this lightness of being. And Mm -hmm. then you can just be a stand for that. Mm -hmm. And obviously then you would know that about yourself, right? So it's so cool that you guys have done this. What I want to do now, I want to give everyone on this call the opportunity to post questions in the chat. And I'll read some of them to you guys. We'll answer some of these questions. Then you'll tell us where they can follow you and find you. Orly asks, how did you create the local community? Like, how did that begin? How did you start that? Yeah, so we started our social media and we shared it with as many people 
as we could that we knew locally. We started very small with the small businesses in Augusta. And then once our social media started to grow, we started reaching more women. And I think that especially with this conference that we have coming up in March of 2023, like our goal is to reach as many women as possible. So by engaging, by, I guess, promoting on social media, you just have to have that mindset. You have to have that that mindset that you're going to reach as many people as possible outside of your area. I think women are craving a women's community and they just want an invitation. And we're here to give as many invitations as we need in order to reach the women that we can. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Oh, I'm just going to add to that too, is like another thing that we've like built our business on is it's truly community over competition. And I know we hear that a lot and say that a lot, but with words, like we have multiple interior designers that come to our monthly meetings. There's other branding designers and other stationary designers within our community. And it's just, we truly show up and we're just like, your clients are not my clients. And even if they are, there's enough clients for all of us to have successful businesses because each client is coming to you for you. Right. I mean, if I was an interior designer, like we're all providing an interior designer service, but like Katie has a different style and a different personality than I do. And so we have truly stayed true to that. And like, we get asked like pretty often, like, how do y'all just, you know, stay so confident and like have, you know, like with the competition thing. And we're just like, we're all in this together and we're all trying, the end game is the same, is a life we don't need an escape from. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you show up and you do have that competition mindset or like you can't get along with someone that's in your field, you're probably going to feel uncomfortable coming to one of our meetings because we have women that say some pretty, pretty fun things at our meetings because they just show up and they're like, this is me. This is yeah. who I am. And we're like, girl, go get it. We're laughing and we're like, cool. I go get you another drink, you know? Yeah. So that's just, that's who worth is. And that's what we want to invite women from all over the world to. And so like Katie said, with the conference that's happening, it's just about come show up, have fun, be vulnerable. Let's learn and grow together. And like, we're going to do it together. It's Mm -hmm. not, you know, eight women getting on stage and you're going to learn from us and you're going to go home feeling overwhelmed. Like, no, we're going to party at the end. We're going to have fun and we're going to grow together as women. So. Okay. Perfect. So good. And you know, it's so evident because every time you both speak, or answer any question, you're so likable that that is the answer. It's like when you're actually genuinely invested and you care and you're likable and you're not judging yourself and you're not judging other people, it's amazing how people flock to you, right? It's just like people want to be in that. But speaking of people coming and creating a community, Michelle asked a question, which is what is the concrete stuff that you did to reach outside of your current social media circle. I know Kathy's given us some pointers already, but I don't know all about that. I'm brand new to Instagram. And I just want to follow up the question and say it a little bit louder. I think that people get overwhelmed and it feels confusing. It feels hard. If let's say you currently had 315 people who followed you on Instagram, and most of them are like people you've met just through life, not necessarily the audience for your business, it can feel very overwhelming. Like, how do I go from this to people showing up and actually knowing about me? And so I'd like you to speak to that because I feel like sometimes if we feel overwhelmed, we don't even begin. Yeah. I feel like for me, it's truly like eating the elephant, like a foot at a time. And I feel like the end game is always so scary of where you want to be. And like, it's kind of like, you're on a cliff and there's the other side that has no bridge to it, but it's, you know, doing small things consistently over time and knowing that it's not going to happen overnight. Like reminding yourself every day, like it's like losing weight. I'm not going to go on a walk today and then like lose 10 pounds by tomorrow. Like I'm going to have to keep walking every single day, knowing that it's going to take time and it's going to take weeks for me to see the results I want. So I think just reminding and also giving yourself grace to not just be there immediately. So just giving yourself grace, be patient with the process and eat the elephant one toe at a time. Mm-hmm. So, And I also want to add to that. I think that that's a really good analogy. Like if you want to lose weight, if you actually were consistent with drinking water and walking or whatever the heck is your particular thing, it will help. It's just mm-hmm. not going to be tonight. However, one thing I think people lose sight of is that you don't have 
to have it in your head that you can't make money until you reach a certain amount of community. And that's where I was not worried about it. Like I've never been concerned about how many listeners do I have? How many subscribers to my podcast? How many people are following me on Instagram? Because there is nothing I'm waiting for to happen in order for me to show up and serve. Mm-hmm. And so it's the opposite of what sometimes people think. Like Chrissy Wright, I asked her this question. I asked James Wedmore this question and they both had the same answer, which is why I'm naming both of them. I was like, what's the first step in your business? Like make your first sale. Like if you think that in order to monetize what you do or to have income and abundance, you need 15,000 followers, well, you're going to start to feel some level of like, there's an impatience and there's a frustration and there's something outside of you that you need to happen in order for you to be an entrepreneur. When you got your first stationary client, they didn't ask you how many followers you have. When I sold my first song, it wasn't about that. When I sold my first anything, right? Like it's never about that. And what it is about, it's relationships. It's engagement. So if you have 94 followers on Instagram, not 94,000, but 94, and you have three conversations a day in your DMs, you will have everything you need to sell what it is that you make. Mm -hmm. But if you're not seeing that the engagement, the depth, the conversation is where the sale takes place, then you're actually setting yourself up to actually lose out. I have friends who are very dear to me and I won't name names, but one of them has over a million followers and this person cannot break a hundred grand. So you can, you can swallow however long it takes for your social media following to grow because it's not anyway what you really need to be worried about. Mm -hmm. It's like, for each of you, where did your first three clients come from? Katie, where did your first three interior design clients come from? The first one was a parent at the school I was teaching at. She was my very first client. And then her next door neighbor was her second one. And my third one was local because I didn't start e-designs until pretty far in the business. Mm-hmm. It was just word of mouth. I think that parent knew my personality and knew what I could offer. I mean, really in the classroom. And she was just like, will you come look at my house? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And Allie Webb was like sitting in her breastfeeding class saying to the other moms, like, can I come to your house and blow dry your hair? Yeah. You know, and it created an empire. Mm-hmm. And what about for you, Kezia? Who were your first three stationary or wedding invitation clients? The first one was from Facebook. And then the second one was word of mouth from the first client. And I'm going to be honest. I don't remember. Wasn't I one of your first ones? You're my first wedding stationery. Yeah. So I started out doing like baby shower, like announcements and stuff like that first. And then she was actually my very first wedding stationery client. So I'm glad that she still wants to be my friend. And we weren't close then. Like we weren't, I invited her to my wedding because she did my stationery. Like that was my first wedding. And so here we are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's really, it's really, really cool. And by the way, you both said something that is so important, which we could write a book on. Katie, you said my first client was this person and the second one was her neighbor. Mm-hmm. And you said my first client was this person and the second one was word of mouth from that person. Mm-hmm. This is legit. Like this is it. Yeah. This is the thing no one really wants to know because when you hear that, it removes all excuses mm-hmm. Yep. because that is how powerful one client is who is served 10 out of 10, right? If you have one job to do this week, because you have one client, Mm -hmm. you're coaching one person, you're doing a service for one person, whatever you're doing, right? You're shipping this person, some Etsy product that you make, you serve them 10 out of 10. You just got another client. They become your marketing. And that's what actual business looks like. You could see billboards all day long for products and 
when somebody actually goes and tries it and doesn't like it enough to tell their friend, it won't matter how much marketing is out there. Mm -hmm. It's always going to come back to the people you know and trust and what they told you about it. Well, I saw the movie, Don't Waste Your Money. Just read the book. It's horrible. No one's going to go. No one's going to go. That's what happened with Eat, Pray, Love. I remember being like, oh my God, I love the book. I can't wait to go. And the first opening weekend, I had three friends who went and I was like, how was it? Like not even close to the book. And I'm like, but it looks so beautiful in the trailer. And she's so hot and she's so amazing. And he's so gorgeous. Like, don't go see it when it comes out later. Don't waste your time. And I was like, oh, and then I just watched it just like sink because that's how powerful word of mouth is. It won't matter how people are like, but who does your marketing? I'm like, no one, I don't have a marketing person. I wish I could tell you, oh, you just do this. You push a button. No, your results speak for themselves. Your customers become your marketing. So I think that was a super important little trip. We just took down memory lane. I'm going to add one more thing about growing your social media is don't be afraid to pivot when you need to. We always talk about if the business isn't working, if finances aren't going the way that you need them to pivot. But when it comes to your social media, if it's not working, pivot. We've been in business almost two years and I feel like we have changed our strategy for social media a million times. At first we were like, okay, let's just post quotes. And then we were like, okay, how are we going to serve our followers better? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's start doing a feature Friday so people can really feel that connection to our small businesses. Okay, after that's not working, how are we going to serve them even better? Oh, actually, let's give them quotes from our monthly networking meetings and add that Worth Women tag at the bottom so that when it's shared, people will come to Worth Women. And then... We were like, all right, now what's our next step to serve our followers better? Mm -hmm. Then we started doing reels. So like, don't be afraid to change and just don't stick to what you originally thought your social media was going to be, because I hate to tell you, it's not going to look like that at the end. Like sometimes I'm embarrassed to scroll (laughs) all the way down to King Interior Designs as like first post and the filter I use. Oh, of course. I'm like, oh gosh, like how do I have 30,000 followers now with that beginning post? But it's because I pivoted. So girls, I want you to tell them where they can follow you and also tell them where they can, if they want to check out what you offer and your conference, tell them where they can find all that. Yeah. So our website is theworthwomen.com. And our conference is March 13th through the 15th of 2023. It's going to be in North Augusta, South Carolina at the Crown Plaza. We have three days jam-packed with some incredible speakers. It's going to be personal connection. It's going to be business connection. There's women from all over the country at this point coming. And we are just, we're so excited to bring All of these different speakers that have come from so many different backgrounds, so many different experiences, just to open up our horizons on what could be for our businesses and our life. Like I was saying earlier, I think it's so important just to surround yourself with people from all walks of life because it shows you what's possible. It shows you how you can shift your mindset and shift your business into what your truest purpose is here on earth. I mean, I could just go on and on about the conferences. I'm just so excited. But do you want to talk about the speakers? Yeah. So Kezi and I, we will be two of the speakers, but we also have Ashley Willis, who is an author. Her and her husband do the EXO Marriage Conference. We also have Thamar, who is the creative directress behind Musings of a Curvy Lady. We also have Allie Reeves, which is the host of the Six Figure Influencer Podcast. And she's also an online business mentor. We also have Jessica Robertson, who is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, and um, she's the star on A&E's Duck Dynasty. And we also have Demi Lee Tebow, and she is a South African model, businesswoman, um, social influencer, and philanthropist. And she was also crowned Miss Africa and Miss Universe in 2017. So we're so excited for this lineup of speakers. We know that they are going to bring the heat and the content and the value and really just create three days full of empowerment, connection. So we're so excited about that. You can also find us on social media. We are worth underscore women. And outside of the conference, we also offer one-on-one coaching. We have our monthly networking event, which is 
only in Augusta at the moment, but we're hoping to expand to other cities. Um, we also have a course called the Side Hustle to Six Figures, which we offer two times a year. And we will be hosting an annual women's conference every year. So we're so excited for the future of Worth Women and where it's taking us. And um, we hope that we can meet all of you wonderful ladies in person or through a coaching call or whatever you may need from us. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say too that we have so VIP and general admission tickets for the conference, and we only have a certain amount. So we have under 150 tickets left for the conference. So those tickets can be found like on our website under the event page. But we just wanted to kind of note that it is a very small amount because we wanted to, you know, really have an intimate experience by just providing a smaller amount of tickets for that conference. So yeah. This was so much fun and I'm so glad that you reached out and that we connected. I just want to say thank you because you provided so much value and love, which is really the most important thing. Well, thank you for having us. Yes, we thank truly you. enjoyed it. Yes. Thank All you. Right. All right. Well, that was super fun. Here are the takeaways. Number one, don't put yourself in a box. Be open to change and whatever comes your way. Number two, if you're thinking about trying something, just do it. What's the worst thing that could happen? You fail, you pick yourself up and you do something else. Number three, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Number four, when you're scared, do it anyway, because on the other side of that fear is something that you could have never even envisioned for yourself. Number five, show up authentically and be yourself. Number six, community over competition. There's enough opportunities for everyone because we're all in this together. Number seven, don't be afraid to pivot when you need to. Focus on the next step to serve your followers better. And number eight, give yourself grace, be patient with the process and take one step at a time. Well, I can never, ever, ever say it enough. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. I want to know more about how I can serve you, what kind of content you need, what steps you're looking to understand better. So if you wouldn't mind, I'd love you to go to kathyhill.com slash share and just answer some questions and tell me what are you dreaming about? What are your goals this year? Where are you getting stuck? And it'll help me to create the right episode content and workshops for you. Go to kathyhart.com slash share. And if you go ahead and share your feedback, it'll put you into a raffle to win a Nordstrom gift card. So all really good all around. We have so many good episodes coming up. So please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, wherever you're listening and leave us a review. If you enjoyed this conversation, text it to someone, send them the link, or you could post about this on Instagram and you could tag me at kathy.heller. You could tag Katie and Kezia. They are at worth underscore women. I'm sure it will make their day. And before I go, I want to remind you that if you want to coach with me this year, you can go to kathyheller.com slash join and step into abundant ever after. Our first live call is this week and we are so excited about it. I love you very much. I'll leave you with a song. Have a great weekend.
the sky.